Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. So we did a recent episode that was all about how to read your birth chart. And in the next couple of episodes, we're going to dive deeper into the many different, very powerful ways you can work with astrology in your life, in your spiritual practice, um, even in your business if you have one, right? You can use astrology to support your clients in so many different industries. So we're going to delve today into working with the transits, okay? So I'm going to define what are transits, why should you care about them, um, what the difference between different transits are, um, and why some are much more important than others. Um, some, that's just the case. Some, that's my controversial opinion. Um, so we're going to get into this. So first of all, what are transits? You may see them called astrological transits or planetary transits. What the transits literally are is just the movement of the planets, okay? So transits are constantly happening. Every planet is constantly in transit. And not just planets either. The sun, the moon, asteroids, absolutely everything in our solar system is always in transit. Right, nothing ever stops, nothing ever stands completely still. Um, and so transits is really kind of a very catch-all term because it can apply to literally everything happening in the solar system at any given moment, right? So what what do we use transits for in astrology, okay? Typically when we say there's a transit happening, quote unquote, what we mean is one of a couple things. We either mean that a planet is, often we're talking about when it changes signs, right? But like a planet is transiting a given sign. Um, you know, maybe Mars is transiting Cancer. Um, or another way to say that is Mars is in Cancer, right? So any planet in a given sign is a transit. We also talk about transits as really specific events, right? Things are happening. And this is kind of what we most often mean when we talk about the transits. Um, so this is when a planet is retrograde or when planets are making aspects to one another. And I'll explain what that means. Um, it's when, you know, planets change signs that haven't changed signs in a long time, right? We call that a transit. And so the transits are a very broad area of astrology um, that honestly we could, you know, do 20 podcast episodes on because there are so many things that go into this idea of a transit. Um, so in this episode, we're going to do really a very high level view of like, what are the different types of transits and which ones do you really want to focus on? Which ones are going to have the most impact depending on what it is you're focusing on, right? Because th this is the most important thing. If this is the only thing you take away from this episode, this is what I want you to take away. We're at three minutes in. This is the most important thing you need to know, okay? Is that you cannot and should not pay attention to every single transit, okay? It's physically impossible. 
it is literally my full-time job and I still cannot pay attention to every transit, okay? It is way overwhelming because there are, you know, we have all the planets. They're constantly making aspects and forming relationships to one another. There's, you know, thousands and thousands of asteroids. Like there are always things happening in our solar system. And if we try to assign meaning to every single one of them, this is like one of my controversial opinions about this. If we try to assign meaning to every single one of them, we the meaning gets lost because everything has meaning, right? And so, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know I really believe that astrology, spiritual topics should be taken out of the super abstract, overcomplicated, esoteric space and brought down to earth, right? What is the simple truth of them? And so you cannot pay attention to every transit, even if it's your full-time job, I promise. And so what you really need to learn how to do then is to sift through the noise, right? Especially now. I mean, it's amazing that we have so many astrologers on Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all of these huge magazines and websites are publishing articles about astrology. And that's all really, really cool. And it can easily get really, really overwhelming. So what you need to learn how to do with transits is to sift through them and know what to focus on. What is truly the most important thing going on, whether that's on a collective level you know, a social societal level, or if it's for yourself individually. So we're going to talk more about how to decipher that. Um, But first, I just really want to define like what are really the different types of transits that you might want to focus on. Okay. So the first thing is the personal planets. Okay. So all of the planets in our solar system move at their own rates, right? At different speeds. And so therefore they move through the zodiac at different speeds. So the fastest moving planets are the personal planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, okay? So Mercury and Venus both change signs every three to four weeks, so they take about a year to move through the whole zodiac. Mars changes signs about every two months, so it takes about two years to move through the whole zodiac, okay? So in less than two years, we have, you know, the personal planets moving fully through the zodiac like one to two times. So the personal planet transits are the ones that happen the most frequently, right? Mercury, Venus, and Mars are constantly changing signs. Every couple weeks, we have one or both or all of these planets changing signs. So on the one hand, these transits, the personal planet transits, have the most impact on like our day-to-day lives, right? Like if you feel really differently from one month to the next, it's probably something to do. It's probably a reflection of something that's happening with the personal planets, right? So the personal planets are impactful in the sense that they have a real impact on like our day-to-day lives, but we also are very accustomed to all of these planets in all 12 signs, right? There isn't any one sign that the personal planets spend less time in or that we haven't experienced, you know, in a long time. Like, they're very common for us. It's an energy that's really easily accessible to us. Um, Now, retrogrades can throw a, a wrench in that, but we'll talk about retrogrades in a moment. Now, The other planets in our solar system, we have two groups. We have the transpersonal planets, which are Jupiter and Saturn. And Jupiter and Saturn move quite a bit more slowly than the personal planets, but they still cycle through the whole zodiac a couple times, many times in our lifetimes, right? So Jupiter takes about 12 years to move through the zodiac, 
and Saturn takes about 30 years to move through the zodiac. So in our lifetimes, we experience both of these planets in each sign of the zodiac at least a couple of times, right? Um, so the transpersonal planets, when they change signs, it is really impactful because it defines like a, a period, right? It defines a year. It defines a couple of years. Um, like we're not necessarily quite talking on like the decade scale, right? It's not quite that big. But Jupiter and Saturn, when they move, when they change signs, it changes kind of like the, the social, the cultural conversation, right? A lot of times style is really influenced by Saturn. Um, a lot of times the economy is really influenced by Jupiter and Saturn. Jupiter being associated with expansion, Saturn being associated with constriction. So these very like kind of social elements of life, they are the transpersonal planets after all, these very social elements of life are very influenced by Jupiter and Saturn transits, okay? Then the last group of planets is the outer planets or the generational planets of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And these three, we only experience them moving through a portion of the zodiac in our lifetimes, okay? Uranus um, and Neptune spend like 10-ish years, eight to 15 years in each sign. Pluto spends decades, right? Pluto can spend up to actually up to 30 years in a sign. It's usually like 10 to 20, but it depends on the sign. So when these planets change signs, it is very impactful, right? This is where we're talking the, the energy, the themes of decades, of generations. So the outer planets, you know, when they, they move very slowly, they don't make a lot of things happen, right? They're not moving around the zodiac very often, but when they do, it's really, really impactful. Okay, so this is another really, really important key piece I want you to take away from this episode, is that the way to know how or whether a transit is going to be particularly potent for you or for the collective is how frequently it happens, okay? So, like I said at the beginning, right? Mercury, Venus, Mars, they change signs every couple weeks, every couple months at the most, right? When Jupiter changes signs, Jupiter changes signs like once, one to two times a year. So it's not like we never experience it, but it's rare enough that, you know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel super common. It's not a, an energetic shift we experience constantly. Okay, when Saturn changes signs every three years, um, that that's we're really starting to feel it, right? That is something that we are experiencing every few years of our lives, but we've only experienced Saturn in each sign, you know, once or twice, maybe three times in your whole life. Um, so that you really, we're really starting to get into a place where we don't have a lot of experience with each of these individual transits. Now the generational planets, we might experience them in a given sign, granted over the course of like 10 years, 10 to 20 years, but the uh, actual experience of that planet changing signs, we only experience a few times in our lives. So those are really impactful, okay? Now, on the flip side of that, okay, those that's kind of how it's impactful on the collective level. Now, on the personal level, on the individual level, um, the personal planets are where we really feel it in our day-to-day -day lives, right? Like I said, like if you feel really differently from one month to the next, 
you know, if you feel like really emotional and sensitive one month and then the next month you're just like, I'm so creative and full of fire and inspiration. Well, maybe Mercury moved from Cancer to Leo, right? Um, from a water sign to a fire sign, for example. So the personal planets have the, their transits have the most impact on like our moods and our energy and our self-expression. Um, but the outer planets, when they change signs, they have the most impact on us as a collective, okay? Okay, now let's talk about a couple other types of transits besides just planets changing signs. So one that I think often gets overlooked is the moon phases are actually transits. Um, the moon is all just like everything else in the solar system. Our or moon, our Earth's moon, um, is constantly in transit, constantly in motion through the zodiac. And so the moon signs, the moon changes signs every two and a half days, those are technically transits, right? It's just that they're very quick moving transits. And so the moon phases are when the sun and the moon meet up in the sky in different orientations. Um, at the new moon is when they're aligned in the same sign. The full moon is when they're opposite one another in opposite signs of the zodiac. So the moon phases, or what we call lunations, are actually a type of transit. So if you're working really closely with lunar astrology, you might especially focus really on what's going on with the moon, right? You might not even really be working that much with the planets. The planets are really powerful, but if the moon is your thing, if the moon is really like you're delving deeply into lunar astrology specifically, you might work particularly with the moon's transits. Now, the other two big types of transits are aspects and retrogrades, okay? So aspects, and this is where I'm going to be controversial, <laughs> I really don't work with aspects almost at all in my life, my spiritual practice, my practice as an astrologer, um, at least aspects in transits, okay? So there's two types of aspects. There's the aspects in your own birth chart, which is the relationship between the planets in your chart. Um, that is very, very powerful. I absolutely work with that. Aspects in the transits are as the planets are in motion around the sky, right, from our perspective on Earth, they meet up with one another and they form these geometric angles between one another. And so you'll often hear on Instagram and on your favorite, you know, astrology apps, right? It'll say things like, today, Mars is trying Jupiter, or it'll say, Venus is square Neptune. Now, there is power in that information, okay? And if you feel a particular one, right, like you read about it and you're like, oh shit, that's what Venus squared Neptune feels like. I am so feeling that, right? If you are feeling it, then that is your intuition telling you this is something to pay attention to. However, I said I was going to be controversial. However, I really feel that the vast majority of the time, these aspect transits are overwhelming, right? So for most of us in our own spiritual practices and our own lives, even if you are using astrology in your work, whatever you do, right? These are, I think, really kind of taking it to a place where we are asking for overwhelm, where we are asking for burnout. Because again, like I said at the beginning, we can only physically have the capacity to pay attention to so many things, right? And so I really feel that paying attention, really close attention to aspects like this, especially if you're trying to pay attention to all of them and not just those that really call to you, 
I really feel like it's a, an invitation for us to burn ourselves out and either really feel like I'm not feeling any of this anymore, right? Because I'm just too overwhelmed trying to decipher exactly what it is that I'm experiencing as a reflection of the planets or just simple like mental overload and be like, I just can't possibly learn and remember all of this stuff, right? So that is totally my controversial opinion. And I'm not by any means telling you, you shouldn't work with aspects and transits um, because it can be really powerful. And once in a while, you know, like the way I work with it really is like, if I'm scrolling Instagram or reading my Chani app or whatever, right? And one pops out at me and I'm like, oh, that super makes sense. That really resonates then I'm going to pay attention to it, right? Because that's my intuition or my guides like pointing it out to me. But I'm not going to try to like pay attention to every single shift that's happening, okay? Okay, now the other transit, of course, is retrogrades. And retrogrades, some of them are incredibly potent, some of the most powerful transits of the year, and some of them, I, again, will be controversial, I think really don't matter that much. Um, so, Every planet in our solar system and asteroid, planets and asteroids, all of them retrograde at some point, okay? The sun and the moon are never retrograde, but all planets and asteroids are on pretty much a predictable schedule. So Mercury, of course, Mercury retrograde is the most infamous. So Mercury is retrograde three weeks, for three weeks at a time, three times a year. Okay, so it's retrograde for about nine weeks out of every year. Venus is retrograde for six weeks out of every year and a half. And Mars, Mars is retrograde for about two months out of every two years. Okay, so these three, the personal planet retrogrades, these are the most important retrogrades. Okay, when any one of these is retrograde in the transits, so currently or even if it's retrograde in your own birth chart, which is something a little different, but also really impactful. These three, when they are retrograde, because they don't spend very much time retrograde, it's really powerful, right? Remember, the less frequently something happens, the more powerful it is in astrology. So Mercury, out of all of these, right, out of those three, Mercury is very impactful, right? We've all, we all experience it, but it's the least impactful of the three, right? Venus and Mars are the planets that spend the least amount of time out of our whole lives retrograde. Out of every day of your life, right, you spend a very small percentage of your life with Venus and Mars retrograde. So, and a small percentage of Mercury retrograde too, but much more so than the other two, okay? So when Venus and Mars are retrograde, these are the most important retrograde transits. These are the ones that really ask us to delve into something within ourselves, right? Number one, because they are personal planets. They have a strong influence on our moods, our emotions, our expression, um, you know, our personality. And because they don't happen very often. Mercury retrograde as I said, is also a small percentage of your life, um, but it happens, you know, every couple months, Mercury is going retrograde. Um, so it is really powerful. It's just that it happens for a relatively short period of time. Um, so Mercury retrograde is more like a little dose, right? It's a little dose of retrograde energy. Now, what are retrogrades? 
Um, I should have started with that. <laughs> so a retrograde is when a planet appears to move backwards in the sky. Um, now, it's important to note the planet is not actually moving backwards. It's actually an optical illusion from our perspective on Earth, um, which is really interesting and really drives home the fact that astrology is very Earth-based, right? It's very much about our perspective of the stars from our place on Earth. Um, but so the planets appear to move backwards. And so the idea of a retrograde is that the energy of that planet is like slowed down, it's turned within, it's more inward and reflective, right? And so they're really powerful times of shadow work, of self-reflection, of things coming up to the surface that need our attention before we can move forward. So the personal planet retrogrades are by far the most impactful. Now, Jupiter through Pluto, okay, the rest of the planets in our solar system, they all spend anywhere from like three to six months out of every year retrograde. So some of them, we spend literally half of our lives with that planet retrograde. So while we do feel the moment of the retrograde or not the moment but you know the day or the week right when that planet turns retrograde or turns direct when it stops being retrograde we definitely tend to feel it like when it happens um, and some of us feel them more than others which i'll talk about in a moment but it's not like for six months while Pluto's in retrograde, or excuse me, while Pluto is retrograde, um, it is a, an active thing, not a state of being. Um, while Pluto is retrograde for six months out of the year, it's not like it's having this huge impact on our personal lives, right? Um, when Pluto turns retrograde or turns direct, you may feel it that week, but odds are it's not gonna have like a super long lasting impact. Um, and that mostly goes for pretty much all of the transpersonal and generational planets. So retrogrades are so, so, so powerful. But, you know, when we see articles about like, oh, my God, Neptune is about to be retrograde. It's like, yeah, and it was a few months ago. It's not that big of a deal. Um, again, <laughs> with my controversial astrology opinions. Um, okay, now with this information, right? So you start paying attention to some of the transits, the ones that call to you the most, not trying to do all the things. Um, what do we do with this information? What does it actually mean? So number one is on the collective level, right? So as I said, the outer planets, uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, etc., right? The outer planets have the greatest influence on the collective. Um, and this is like on a very social level. So these planets, like I said, they influence the, the current trends. They influence... Um, you know, like advancements in, in society, advancements in technology, they influence politics, etc. Okay, so when they change signs, um, or theoretically have a retrograde, but as I said, not nearly as impactful, when the outer planets have transits, they really impact society. Okay, so there's that number one. So if you're paying attention to like, okay, Jupiter's changing signs, it's moving into this next sign. Okay, how is that showing up in the world around me, right? That's what you're gonna be paying attention to and noticing. Now, the second thing is that all transits impact, impact the collective, right? So even like when Mercury changes signs every three weeks, right? That we're all experiencing that. Mercury is changing signs for everybody, okay? So like if Mercury is moving from Gemini into Cancer, it might feel like everybody you know is suddenly like really in their emotional processing mode, right? And it's like, okay, this is something we're collectively experiencing. 
whatever. We don't all experience them exactly the same. So the most powerful way to work with the transits is to overlay them on your own chart, okay? Or the charts of people in your life. So when you look at the transits, not just as, okay, the planets are moving, they're, they're grooving, they're doing their thing, but what are they actually showing up in your chart? Where are they showing up in your chart? That's the most important question. So there's a couple of things you can look to here, okay? Number one is you can look to what house or planets is a given transit activating in your own chart, okay? So let's say that Venus is entering Leo. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to your chart and I highly recommend using whole signs houses for this and for everything. <laughs> it's my, my favorite house system. So you're gonna get your chart, you're gonna set it up with whole signs houses um, and you're gonna look and see what house do you have Leo in, okay? So that is the house where Venus is now gonna be transiting. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna make a little bit of a formula for yourself, okay? So you're gonna say, okay, Venus is the planet of love and desire. Leo is the sign of the sovereign, right? It's like the king or the queen of the zodiac. Um, it's all about the self and self-expression and individuality and creativity, okay? So you've got, okay, at the collective level, everybody's experiencing Venus, the planet of love, moving through this sign of like really powerful, creative, like queenly energy, okay? Everybody's experiencing that. And then to personalize it, you're then gonna add on what house is it activating in your chart, okay? Um, now, if that's gibberish to you, go back and listen to the how to read your birth chart episode that I did. I really delve into how to understand this. So let's say you have Leo in the 12th house, okay? So you're gonna add on 12th house themes to that. So the 12th house is all about intuition and subconscious and surrender. So while Venus in Leo is transiting your 12th house, you are gonna be feeling, right? Everybody's really feeling themselves while Venus is in Leo, but it's gonna be showing up for you in a very emotional way, right? You're gonna be really in touch with your emotions. You might be feeling really tender and really wanting to just like feel loved and seen and, and heard by the people in your life, right? Versus someone who has, let's say someone has Leo in the ninth house, right? They're gonna be like, I am the shit right now. I am the best thing in the world. I am sharing my message. I am out here, you know, doing my thing, right? They're not gonna be feeling nearly as emotional and sensitive as you are, okay? Okay, so that's a, like a really powerful thing just to do that is to say, okay, what planet are we talking about? What sign is it moving through? What house is it activating in my own chart? Now to take this even a layer further, you can look at if you have any planets in that house, right? So if you have a Leo sun, right? While Venus is in Leo, you are gonna be feeling so lit up, so energized. Versus if you have Chiron in Leo, which is the wounded healer, and it's all about our core wound, you're probably gonna be feeling much more tender and sensitive, right? So you can really customize every transit and really lean into your own experience of that transit, right? Um, now, the other thing that you can do is that can really help you to narrow down which transits to focus on, okay? So 
I highly recommend like Mercury, Venus, Mars retrogrades. Those are pretty much very powerful for all of us, especially Venus and Mars retrogrades since they don't happen very often. Um, so I highly recommend working with those. Um, I also definitely recommend working with um, eclipses, right? Eclipses are a particular like subset of moon phases that again, they eclipses happen twice a year, but they only happen in the same signs every few years. It, it, they're very powerful, right? So there's certain things that like I recommend everybody pretty much work with these. However, as I said, not every transit is really powerful for every person. And so especially when we're talking about the outer planets, those are going to be most powerful for certain people, okay? So here's how you know. Number one, any transit, whatever the planet is, if it's an asteroid, an eclipse, whatever it is, is going to be most powerful for you if you have a important planet in your chart in that sign, okay? So let's say there's an eclipse in Aries, okay? If you don't have anything in Aries, you're still going to experience eclipse energy. It's still going to activate the house you have Aries in your chart, but it's not necessarily going to be super personal for you, okay? Versus if you have your sun, your moon, your ascendant, your north or south node, um, or if you have Mercury, Venus, or Mars, okay? So if you have any of those things in Aries, that Aries eclipse, you are going to feel, right? It's going to be much, much more potent for you than someone who doesn't have anything in Aries. So that's the first thing to really pay attention to is, is a transit activating an important part of my chart? And those are the ones I would really focus on, right? Is sun, moon, rising, ascendant, north node, and personal planets. Now, the other way that you can know if a transit is going to be particularly important for you is if it involves your chart ruler, okay? So your chart ruler is the planet that rules your rising sign. Um, everyone has one chart ruler. Some people have two, okay? So, and I'm just going to run through them here. So if you have Aries rising, then your chart ruler is Mars. So every time Mars changes signs, or, you know, if you want to really expand out a little bit, maybe even if Mars is making aspects to other planets, those you're going to feel the most, okay, more than anyone else. If you have Taurus rising or Libra rising, your chart ruler is Venus, okay? So both of those signs are ruled by Venus. So you are going to feel Venus changing signs, Venus retrogrades, maybe Venus aspects more than anybody else. If you have Gemini rising um, or Virgo rising, then you your chart ruler is Mercury. So you're going to feel Mercury transits the most. Mercury retrogrades are going to be particularly impactful for you anytime Mercury is making moves, changing signs, um, you know, maybe making aspects. Those are really your time. Um, if you have Cancer rising, this one's very interesting. <laughs> if you have Cancer rising, then your chart ruler is the moon. So the reason why like Cancer rising is really, I mean, any Cancer placement, but especially Cancer rising is really kind of associated with like a big ebbs and flows of energy and mood um, is because your chart ruler, the most important thing in the solar system for you is changing signs every two and a half days. <laughs> 
So if you ever feel like your energy or your emotions are just like up and down and all over the place, I highly, highly encourage you to start working with the moon phases and tracking the moon around your chart. It will be so enlightening for you. Um, and you know, this is moon phases are absolutely available to everyone, but if you have cancer rising, then really closely following the moon phases, the new and full moons, the eclipses um, is going to be so powerful. Um, if you have a Leo rising, then you are the only sign where the, your chart ruler is the sun. Um, so the sun, we haven't really talked about the sun, but the sun changes signs once a month, just kind of like Mercury and Venus. Um, so you're really going to feel those seasonal solar transitions the most. Um, if you have Scorpio rising, so now from here out, everybody has two chart rulers, okay? So if you have Scorpio rising, then your traditional chart ruler is Mars, and your modern chart ruler is Pluto, okay? So the Mars transits are what you're going to feel like in the day-to-day -day the most, because Pluto changes signs once every 20 years, okay? Um, now, when I'm recording this, we happen to be in a very powerful period where Pluto is changing signs. It is moving back and forth between Capricorn and Aquarius. Um, so for our Scorpio risings, you are in a really powerful moment of your life the next couple years um, where your very slow-moving chart ruler really is in transition. So you probably are going to be experiencing some big changes. Um, but you would pay attention to Mars for the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, if you have Sagittarius rising, then your chart ruler, actually I lied, Sagittarius just has the one, um, your chart ruler is Jupiter. Um, so as I said, Jupiter changes signs like one to two times a year. Um, and as it is moving around the chart, like you're going to feel those. And you're probably going to want to pay attention to those Jupiter aspects, right? Not necessarily all the aspects, but what aspects are happening with Jupiter because they impact you more than they impact most. Um, if you have Capricorn rising, then your chart ruler is Saturn, um, and Saturn is Saturn changes signs every two and a half to three years. Um, so this is like slower moving, right? And it makes sense because Capricorn is this very grounded, earthy, structured, methodical kind of a sign, right? So it's not like, you know, Gemini rising, Mercury chart ruler changes signs every couple weeks, right? It's always in motion. Capricorn's not really that way. Capricorn wants to stay more grounded. So it makes sense, right? So if you have Capricorn rising, you're going to really pay attention to those Saturn transits, um, if you have Aquarius rising, your traditional ruler is also Saturn, but your modern chart ruler is Uranus. Um, so again, you're going to pay attention to both. Saturn is going to be, you know, more kind of day to day, although it is already fairly slow, um, slow moving. And then you're going to pay attention to those Uranus aspects and those when Uranus does change signs, they're like lightning bolts for you. And then if you have Pisces rising, your traditional chart ruler is Jupiter and your modern chart ruler is Neptune. So Jupiter changing signs, you know, every year or so, Neptune changing signs about every 10 years or so. Um, so you are getting, you know, the relatively slow moving with Jupiter and the very slow moving with Neptune. So you're paying attention to those Neptune aspects, etc. Um, so when you can take your chart and really see like, okay, what is actually really showing up for me personally? What is my chart ruler doing? Which aspects are really hitting important personal parts of my life? 
you can then really shed all of the noise, right? You can stop paying attention to the aspects that have nothing to do with you. You can really even stop paying attention to transits that don't have that much to do with you, right? If you're like, yeah, Venus is trucking along through three empty houses in my chart, I can, I can tune out of Venus for a while, right? And I think this is so powerful to know what to pay attention to, right? It's kind of like the news cycle, right? Not every single thing that pops up on your feed is actually important. Um, and I think that one of the most powerful things you can do in learning astrology is understand, you know, how are the transits impacting all of us? But much more importantly, how is it impacting me? right? How is it really showing up in my own life? Or if you are working with clients, right? How is it showing up in your clients' lives? Um, and of course, this can be such a powerful thing no matter what industry you're in, right? If you're a full-time astrologer like me, then obviously you're going to be working with that. But, you know, if you, you can literally apply this to anything, right? You can apply this if you are in fashion, right? The, the fashion trends are going to be reflective of the transits. You can work with this if you work in finance, right? Um, you're going to work with Venus and Jupiter a lot. They have to do with money, um, you know, and following their transits. Like literally no matter what you do in your work, astrology can really support you in it. So I hope this has been enlightening. Um, I know this was a little bit of a controversial episode. I had a lot of opinions going on, um, but I hope that it resonates with you. You know, this idea of just really simplifying astrology, focusing on what truly matters the most. Um, and this also this idea, I love this idea of we have resilience around the transits that we experience a lot and we have less resilience around the transits we don't experience very often whether it's you know once every 10 years or once in our lifetimes right um and that that also gives us a lot of permission to be gentle with ourselves and gentle with the people around us um, which i think is so incredibly important and so incredibly powerful so I hope this episode was helpful and enlightening. Um, if you are wanting to learn much, much more about astrology from me, uh, then you should absolutely come and join the Celestial Alchemy Astrology Certification Program. So I am launching a certification program. Um, it will be starting in May 2023. Um, so we are getting started soon here if you're listening to this uh, when it first comes out. Um, and the certification is going to be a six-month deep dive into my methods for working with astrology, for reading birth charts, for understanding transits, writing horoscopes, doing readings, all the things. Um, and at the end of the program, you will have the opportunity to complete homework and quizzes um, to become certified in my methods so that you can teach and work with these methods in your own work. Um, it would be absolutely my honor to work with you in the certification. So the link for that is in the show notes. Um, come and join us. It is going to be such a special program. This is the inaugural founding round of the program. Um, come and join us. And I cannot wait to nerd out and chat astrology with you. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow.